Welcome to the Not Okay With Gray podcast, where our intention is to empower men and women to change their mindsets about aging so they can make the rest of their lives the best of their lives. This podcast is designed to be a dose of high-octane motivation and inspiration that propels you to embrace the idea that you really aren't aging. What you're actually doing is evolving, and through your evolution, the longer you live, the better you become at living. Our goal is to empower you to create the life of your dreams because you're never too old to build a life that you love. We want you to build a life of joy, passion and purpose filled with inner peace, dynamic health, great relationships and financial abundance. This is what it means by saying I'm not okay with gray. So, if you're ready to begin the journey of transformation, which will lead you to authentic happiness, it's time to get started with your host, Coach Michael Taylor, the irrepressible optimist with a passion for the impossible. Hello, welcome to I'm Not Okay With Gray podcast, where the intention is to empower men and women to change their mindset and attitudes about aging so they can make the rest of their lives the best of their lives. So I'm having a conversation about some of the content from my book, I'm Not Okay With Gray, How to Create an Extraordinary Life After 50. And I wanted to talk about the chapter called Embrace Spirituality. Well, it's possibly life's greatest question. Does God exist? And as a former atheist, there was a time in my life when the answer to that question for me was no. As a matter of fact, I was absolutely, absolutely convinced that God didn't exist. And there are several reasons for this. First of all, from a very early age, I guess I would consider myself to be an agnostic. <laughs> I was brought up Baptist and I was raised by my grandparents for a few years who were very, very religious people. But at the same time, they didn't practice what they preached. And so my, grand, my grandmother, who was a raging alcoholic, was probably one of the most abusive uh, human beings you could ever imagine. And um, she, again, abused me in several different ways, physically, emotionally, psychologically. And yet she preached this whole idea about Jesus and God and they made me go to church, and yet they didn't go to church. So from a very early age, I had my doubts about this thing called God. And so when I got older, my mom used to make me go to church. And it wasn't until I moved out at 18 that I had the freedom not to go to church. And I took full advantage of that because there was just a part of me that just didn't believe in this thing called God. And so after my divorce, um, I went through some really difficult times and I was trying to figure out how to deal with all of those challenges. And so my first thought or one of my thoughts was to go back to church. And so I went to what I was comfortable and familiar with. So I went to a Baptist church, even though I didn't really believe a lot of the stuff from the Baptist church. But. As I look back in retrospect, the primary reason I went was I just wanted to alleviate some of the pain that I was in. And I had began isolating myself because of my divorce and I was in a deep state of depression. So going to church was what I thought would help. So I went to this Baptist church and initially 
things were really good because the minister was a younger guy and he was really positive, very intelligent. Um, I really enjoyed his services. I really enjoyed most of his messages. And for a while, I felt better <laughs> because I wasn't isolating myself so much. And so after, oh, a couple of months, all of the old questions that I had about God from as a child started popping back up. And one night I, I had this question just pop in my head that I needed to have answered. And so I go to church one Sunday and I asked the minister if we could meet after services. And he said, sure. And so we meet after services. And I said, look, I have a question that I need to ask you. And your answer to this question are, is going to determine whether or not I stay with your church. And so he kind of looked at me kind of puzzled. He said, okay. And so I said, look, I want to pose a hypothetical situation to you. And I just want to get your answer. He said, okay. So I said, look, I want you to imagine that there are two people born at exactly the same moment. And one is born in poverty. The other is born in wealth. And let's say they go through life and the person that's born in poverty does all the bad things, right? He's a bad guy. And the, and the guy that's born in wealth, he's a good guy. He does all the good things through life. So let's imagine that they die at exactly the same moment and they get to heaven at the same time. So they walk up to the pearly gates and there's God. And so I want you to imagine that God says, hello, welcome to heaven. And he says, now, before you enter heaven, I have to go through my book of life just to kind of confirm a few things. So I'd like you to step forward. So he calls up the man who was born in poverty. And he says, hello, let me look through my book of life. So he goes through the book of life and he notices that this guy has done some really bad things. And he looks at the guy and he says, well, you've done some pretty bad things, but I want you to know I'm a loving, forgiving God. So if you will accept my son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, I can let you into heaven. And so the guy that was born in poverty, he says, God, look, I'm really sorry. I do. I, plead, I repent of my sins and I accept your son, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. And if you'll just let me into heaven, I'll be the model angel. And God says, great, come on in. Next, he calls up the guy that was born in wealth. So the guy walks up to God. God flips through his book of life and he goes, hmm, wow. He says, you were the model citizen. He said, you, you, you were just, you were a perfect reflection of me on earth. You did all the right things. Now, it's only one question. Did you or do you accept my son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior? And so the guy looks up at God and says, well, I can't lie because you're God. And you probably know. The truth is, I can't answer that question. I can't say yes to that question because, first of all, I didn't even believe you existed. So how could I have accepted your son as my Lord and Savior? And so God looks at him and says, well, I'm really sorry to hear that. But if you'll go to that door on your right you will have to go to spend eternity in hell. And so I looked at the minister and I said, now, is that how your God works? And the minister didn't hesitate. He said, exactly. He says, that's what the Bible says. That's what I believe. 
And in that moment, years of frustration and anger came up. And I said, look, no disrespect, but that is the most idiotic, insane, ludicrous thing I've ever heard. How could you believe that a loving God would do something like that? And he said, that's what the Bible says. And so I looked at him and I said, well, again, thank you for answering the question. But guess what? I have to leave your church because truth is, I am willing to risk burning for eternity in hell because I don't believe there's any way a loving God would do such a thing. And I walked away and I left the church. And in that moment, I became an atheist. In that moment, in my mind, God did not exist. And so I held firm to that belief for three years. And during that time, though, I had gone to therapy. I started doing some inner work and dealing with some of my emotional baggage. And I actually sort of concluded to or decided that one of the, another reason why I didn't need God was through therapy and healing, I was feeling better, so why did I need this thing called God anyway? And so it sort of confirmed for me that God didn't exist because I rationalized that in my mind, I could fix everything. In my heart, I could fix everything. Why did I need this thing called God? And so for about three and a half years, I held firm to that belief that God did not exist. And I read a lot of books by atheists and um, there's a wonderful book called The God Delusion by one of the one of the world's most famous atheists. And it was a book that I absolutely loved, uh, made a lot of sense to me. And again, I was very comfortable with my beliefs that God didn't exist. Now, I wasn't one of these atheists that went around trying to say that you were wrong and, and judge you for your beliefs. No, I was just really comfortable in my own skin about what I believed. And what I believed was God didn't exist. And so I held that belief for a long time. And then one night I was watching television and there was this Buddhist monk and he was having a conversation about Buddhism. And as I listened to him, I had a revelation. I said, you know, maybe the problem isn't God. The problem is what I was taught about God. So why not research? God and come to your own conclusion. And after asking that question, I started researching religions. And because of that interview that I saw on television, the first thing I did was I started reading about Buddhism. And in studying Buddhism for the first time, I felt something spiritual. I really resonated with the Buddhist teachings. And so that was the beginning of my journey for spirituality. I started with Buddhism and I went to a Buddhist temple and I talked to Buddhist priests and talked to them and asked them what they believed and why. And then I decided, hmm, let me check them another one. So I went to a Muslim mosque and I talked to the rabbis there and I asked them what they believed and why. And then I went to a Jewish synagogue and I asked them, so what do you believe and why? And so I just went on this amazing spiritual journey to find my truth about God. And as a result of that journey, I found my truth about God. And I was able to find my truth because I was able to connect science and spirituality. Because one of the problems I had with religion was 
it was illogical. It didn't make sense to me because if I looked at science and saw the reality of things, what science taught me, a lot of times I was taught that I shouldn't trust science. I should trust the Bible, which didn't make sense to me because science proves to me what's real, right? So with my journey, I was able to reconcile the two. I was able to combine science and spirituality and come to my own understanding about God. And as a result, I was able to create my truth and my connection to something greater than myself. And now I choose to see God as divine intelligence. That's how I relate to God, divine intelligence, because I don't see God as a someone. I see God as a something. And that something is divine intelligence. It is the divine intelligence that created and is still creating this amazing universe that we live in. And a religion is simply a path to help you connect to divine intelligence. And so there are many paths to God, but they all lead to the same place. This is my truth. They all lead to the same place. And so in the chapter, when I talk about spirituality, that's what I basically say. It is up to you to find your truth about God and not just accept other people's truth. And so if you truly want to create an extraordinary life, spirituality is a huge part of that happening. And you have to decide what's true for you, what's right for you. And finding a spiritual connection to something greater than yourself is the key, I believe, to creating an extraordinary life. So think about it. And remember, just because someone's on a different path than you, it doesn't mean they are the ones who are lost. So find your path, follow your path, find your truth, connect to that which is greater than yourself, and your life can become spectacular. Yeah, think about it. We'll see you next episode. Take care.